Blog Talk Radio. Welcome out there in Blog Talk Radio land. I want to welcome all of our off-the-shelf listeners. We, there's so many different ways our listeners come into our show. We're in different directories and the iTunes. People come in uh, there, and then they come in through Blake Radio. It's where we actually started, and also here at Blog Talk radio through off the shelf you can connect via the chat room or you can dial in and i want to let you know there's still time uh, to dial in or let and our topic for today is has deals with happiness and uh, there's a lot i could go on and our guests i know to say about mm-hmm. that but there's still time if you want to bless somebody's life uh, whether it's a relative or a friend a neighbor a colleague knowing this this topic and our guests have 20 years of experience as a counselor. The number to dial into Off the Shelf to catch the show from start to finish. Of course, you could also catch it in the archives. But to hear it live and to, and to ask our guest questions, if you do have, most people are shy and they don't ask questions. But the dial-in number is 347-994-3490. Again, there's still time to catch the show live from start to finish, and that's 347 347- Nine nine four three four nine on. I'm happy that our, our our listeners actually have gone up. We've been 12 years on the air, so we're happy to see that again. Three four seven nine nine four three four nine zero. Or you can. There's so many different ways. iTunes. Uh, uh, do the chat room to get into connect live to the show. But I want to welcome you to this Saturday's November the 19th show. We also had a show for the first time on Monday evening. We had a we had a show on and it dealt with mental mental health. And this one is a little bit the same. We know we know we normally cover novels here and we have uh, had some awesome New York Times, Essence magazine, etc. best-selling authors on off the shelf and one of our guests, I tell people is uh, he was on CNN. He had a regular platform there, and he's now on TV One. And we've had other guests who on our show have gone on to have their own TV shows. One is working with uh, Jack Can- Canfield, uh, the Chicken Soup for the Soul book. She's a motivational speaker. So we're really honored and, and to have this guest join our long list of our esteemed guests. So we have an exciting, exciting author and counselor on deck for you here Today, the last time we did a, we've only done one other show with a psychologist on it, um, and it did extremely well. So we'll, we'll, we'll we will, we're again, we're excited, um, and I'm waiting to introduce the guest to you. But before I do that, I wanted to drop this quote into your spirit, and the quote is from Booker T. Washington, and the quote is: "There are two ways of exerting one's strength. One is pushing down." The other is pulling up. And, again, that is there are two ways of exerting one's strength. One is pushing down. The other is pulling up. And that's by Booker T. Washington. You know, you guys, I always ask you, and we're coming up. I I was telling my son I saw the Black Friday um, shopping commercial ads on television, and I'm like, isn't this early for Black Friday commercials? And then I'm thinking, no, Thanksgiving is next week. It just came up. It just came up so quickly. But in time for the holidays, in addition to today's guest book, uh, I encourage you. Now, ask you if you every book is not for everybody. 
But if you love mystery, because there's a mystery tucked in the book, but even more if you value relationships, there's a complicated relationship between a father who has untreated alcoholism and his son. The the mother walked off and left the boy when he was two years old. He goes on to really achieve a lot, not only in academics, but also in sports. He's a middle-distance outstanding runner, and the book takes place in the 1980s in Dayton, Ohio, and Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and then it moves actually outside of the United States, and then he comes back to the U.S. If you value relationships, there's a soulmate relationship in here as well, and four friends of this guy, you can see how everybody impacts each other, including a a murder mystery that's tucked into the story. So many readers start off hating certain characters, especially the Raymond's father. They hate him. They call him curse, curse words. But at the end, as you see the story uh, uh, unravel and how we in our own lives influence and impact each other, what would you think of the father and some of the other characters who you start off hating at the end? So I encourage you to get a copy of Love Pour Over Me, and you can get it in ebook or print. Barnes & Noble, Amazon.com, eBook it. It's available, again, e- eBook form or print. If you don't see it on the shelves, just tell the clerk, say, I would like to get a copy of Love Pour Over Me by Denise Turney, and they can order your copy because it's carried by the largest book distributors in the world. So I hope you go out and get a copy of Love Pour Over Me and let me know how you enjoy the book. And now here comes a very, very special time, and I'm excited I was telling him before we went live um, that I've learned something from every single guest we've had on. For for our listeners who've called every show, I I know your life has been greatly enriched. From the the guests we've been blessed to have here on Off the Shelf for 12 years. So our special guest today is David Gibbs, and David is a licensed clinical counselor. He has over 20 years of counseling experience. So he's he's had probably where he's worked with people who tried to manipulate him and tried to hide things from him, and he knows how to dig and get to the heart of what's going on. 20 years of counseling experience, helping people to recover from mental health and addiction illnesses. And David is also the author of the book, Humbug to Happiness, Breaking the Chains of the Past, and what a better time than now uh, for the, for this. I was watching a show called Listen last night, Time Had on its Cover. You know, our youth are dealing with depression and drug addiction, and what, what better time? We can't hide this. We have to address it. So, again, here's David, 20 years of experience, and he's authored this book that anybody can pick up. You don't have to go to a therapist to start getting help through what he shares in the book, Humbug to Happiness, Breaking the Chains of the Past. And you can visit David online at Humbug to Happiness, and that's spelled H-U-M-B-U-G-T-O-H-A-P-P-I-N-E-S-S. It's really spelled the way it sounds, Humbug, H-U-M-B-U-G, to happiness.com. Please go over there now, even as you enjoy what David shares here on Off the Shelf this morning. Welcome to Off the Shelf, David. Denise, thank you. I, I am thrilled to be here, actually. Thank you very and it, much. It is just me. an honor to have you here with us. You know, the, the universe works things out in perfect timing. I, I, I've mm. seen that so many times just doing this show. This, this is a, a topic I think that uh, 
is on time that that we need to hear about. So we don't hide things because so many people are suffering in silence, but the effects of what they're going through, we're all experiencing. So it, it, this is a question before we go into the que- to uh, more of the meatier questions in the show. This question I ask every guest, actually the first two questions I asked every guest on Off the Shelf, so our, our listeners can get a little bit of backstory on our guests so they don't feel like maybe they're talking to or listening to a stranger. So, David, can you tell us where you grew up and what life was like for you growing up? Well, uh, absolutely. I think that's a huge piece of what motivated um, the energy behind uh, writing the book, Humbug to Happiness, Breaking the Chains of the Past. I grew up uh, in Ohio and raised in a family of six, a middle-class family struggling with the usual struggles. Um, And, uh, you know, two loving parents uh, who did the best they could, uh, provided for their children. Um, But as I say in the book, um, we all have a history of dysfunction in most families. So uh, in that, the the book actually was 25 years uh, in the making. um, And part of what I share is that it was my own demons that prevented me from fulfilling a message that encouraged me to write the book many, many, many years ago. Uh, but because of my own self-destructive thoughts, self-defeating behaviors, um, I, I kind of fell back to feeling unworthy. Who do I think I am? So it has really been a truly blessing. As you said, the universe works in amazing ways. Uh, and I believe the lessons are absorbed when they're to be absorbed. Uh, and I feel very blessed to have accomplished the book and feel very blessed to be sharing it with others to uh, motivate them uh, in the process of change, releasing the past and moving forward. You know, I'm thinking about, I don't know if you heard of this. He actually crossed over earlier this year, he and Dr. Wayne Dyer, but uh, Morty Lasso, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you're familiar, his, his wife Shelly is continuing his work, but when you say letting go of the past, his work was more uh, addressing our beliefs and not giving things meanings. So what he said was like, you're a little kid, your mom's tired, She uh, maybe she had a phone call with her mother and something was said that upset her. You call her and she just turns and frowns at you. And you give it a meaning that when you call and ask for help, it upsets people. So then you you learn to not do that, and that he's saying you have, when you don't give things meanings because we don't understand why people do what they do. You can alleviate a lot of pain and suffering for yourself. What did you dream of coming, David, when you were a young boy? What did you dream of becoming as a kid when you grew up? That's an excellent question. Actually, you know, I certainly believe that we are all. I say we're kissed with our purpose by something greater than any of us uh, at the moment of our uh, entering this world. Um, And I always have been drawn to helping others. Um, And uh, I never dreamed that I'd be writing a book, but I always uh, understood that my purpose uh, from a greater source uh, than any message that was delivered from the people in my life 
the greater message was to help those uh, in need and be of service in the world that I'm part of. Wow. You knew that as a kid? What, I you absolutely know did. That Okay, we've had a lot of guests on. That's pretty amazing to me. I have to ask you, what what happened to make you realize that at such a young age? Well, I think it was, was part experience of... That you, it's a very good question, and I address it uh, in Humbug to Happiness, where if we truly take time to listen to the inner voice, which I I describe as our purpose or our gift, um, if we travel back there, uh, we actually will be given the message of what really our true purpose was right from the start. And I think, uh, as you had mentioned prior, that oftentimes – we invest in messages from outside of us, whether it's our family, friends, the culture we live in, that derail uh, that true gift and purpose that we were meant to follow. Uh, and we invest in uh, the opposing or a different journey. Uh, and when we just take time to listen to that inner voice, our higher power, whatever you'd like to call it, but there's certainly already, as I believe, uh, a blueprint of our gift and what we're supposed to give to the world that we live in. Wow. I, from my, that is really a blessing to know as a kid. You, obviously, you were open uh, to know that as a child. Some people in their 40s and 50s still don't know why, why am I here. That said, yeah. so I was going to ask you next. I was going to ask you next, so you, you knew that you were going to help people. I'm thinking about, again, Dr. Wayne Dyer. I don't know why he's coming up, but um, he started just as an educator. I don't know if he was working in a college or a university, and then he he moved into the, the great work that he ended up doing. But so there's so many ways that we can help people. Uh, we can mm-hmm. We can either do therapy, we can go into ministry, we can – become an educator, you can take a Tony Robbins path. There's so many ways. Why did you choose counseling, and what attracted you to counseling addictions and the mental health field? The, the direction for me really was understanding at an early age that people were wounded. Um, you know, and again, as I shared before, I knew from my own internal wounds that I was wounded and I, and I knew the power and the impact of those wounds. Uh, and that really motivated me to um, participate in this journey. I, I personally believe, as you said, we certainly can be of service to the people that we are living with, the people we work with, uh, in the community that we live in. And it doesn't require a degree. It doesn't require uh, uh, an expensive motivational speaker or seminar. But we are called at the very core of our pure sense of our being to give love, to be love in the world that I am existing in. That will bring about change at such a great level. Um, And I believe uh, we all have the capacity. I think that's what makes the work I do successful with 
individuals that are struggling with addiction or depression is helping them understand that they truly are at the very core, the purest. Hello? I think we, I think hopefully David will dial back in, but I think, uh, let me check on my, he, he, David dropped. So hopefully I see where he dropped. Hopefully he'll dial back in and we will uh, have him back with us uh, to join us. But one thing I've learned, and, and I've, those of you who are loyal listeners know that this, this is so. Uh, I've learned to keep going no matter what happens. Uh, I don't know why David dropped, but I'm in this, this studio now, and I see that he dropped. Hopefully he will be joining us again soon. I've learned to be flexible, and particularly on this radio show, don't ever get frantic or upset, and always be ready to fill in the gaps. I, 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 I could say that a billion times, and it wouldn't be enough, but hopefully he will join us again uh, shortly. We t- Speaking with David Gibbs, he is a counselor. He's been counseling for 20 years, and he, he helps people who deal with drug addictions, and I'm going to see if I can send him a quick email uh, to see if he'll dial back in because he dropped. And I don't know, he may not know that he dropped. A lot of times when something happens, um, we'll think it was the other person, and he may not be doing this at all, but we, we we may often think it's the other person, so we don't check that is it on my end. So let me send him a uh, a quick email and say, you drop, please dial back in. Um, another thing about radio, you, you're not supposed to have uh, silence. On the radio, and I think we we just got David back. So let me connect David. Hi, David. I, I don't know what happened. I was telling our listeners one thing I've learned from hosting radio is stay flexible. <laughs> I never I never <laughs> get shaken. I've had so many things happen. Stay flexible and always be prepared to fill in the gaps. So you were telling us uh, the question I asked you: Why counseling? What attracted you to that particular? A help way of helping others, and you were saying, you know, you believe we all are called to love in this world. But what what attracted you to continue to counseling in the addiction field and mental health? Well, again, I think part of the core of who I am is that I recognize that we all have certain level of wounds or trauma, and Again, part of my faith, the spiritual component of my life has always driven me to be of service to individuals. And I have to also, you know, give kudos to my parents who were also great examples of being of service to the world that we live in, um, requiring their children to participate and supporting the neighbor's that may not be able to get out and cut their grass or whatever it may be. So that whole message of being of service to the world that we live in really started as, as part of a message that my parents kind of instilled in all of their children. Um, I continue to do the work in substance abuse and mental health simply because 
it is the most, how can I say this, um, blessed experience uh, of my life to see people have an awareness or that aha moment of like, okay, I do have significant value and worth in this world that I live in. Um, you know, I'd like to share just one example recently where a young man sharing with me and the group uh, where I work shared that his parents shared with him that he really wasn't an expected child and they really didn't want another child. And this young man sits in a group feeling such worthlessness and rejection uh, that it's consumed his life and the only relief that he has found to numb that knowledge is by using. Uh, and to have him have an aha moment in understanding that he does have value, that exactly, as you had mentioned earlier, not to invest in that message of the past, but to move and invest in the message that he is worthy, he is deserving, and he can change the world that he lives in by investing in something different. Okay. And, you know, and that is as we help others, another thing I've learned, as we help others, you give, you, you receive what you give. When you give Amen. love, yeah, it, it, it comes back to mm. you. And I, I think we, we get it. We get it the other way around where we do the projecting. We think I'm angry. Let me give out anger, and then I'll get love, and it doesn't work that way. You get, or I'll get you, peace or relief. You get back yep, what you you're give. you're absolutely right. <laughs> definitely. You, you definitely get back. don't get that back. <laughs> you, uh, no, no, no. You're you hitting get back what you on the head and, with that. And it takes us a while to learn that, I think. Uh, mm. David, what are, what are humbug thoughts? This term you come you came up with, what are humbug thoughts? Our humbug messages are those messages that kind of are those internal voices or thoughts that prevent us from achieving the things we want to achieve. For example, I'm not pretty enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not skinny enough. Um, I'm not good enough. I don't deserve love. All of those things that shackle us from truly being the gift that we were meant to be. Uh, and I believe, uh, as I indicate in my book, that most everyone has some type of humbug message that they encounter at any given time. The truth of it is, as you had indicated, we have to invest in the message of our worth and our value. We have to detach from those messages that may hinder us from our family, the culture we live in, our friends, uh, and realize that we are that unique miracle gift that has a unique purpose in this world. Ah, so, and the, so those humble thoughts are like the whatever the guardians that keep, I guess, the happiness from coming through. Now, David, you've worked with people who deal with addictions, and when you work with people, whatever is hindering us, 
we often think it's something that it's not. And and the the, the folks, I'm going back to Morty and Shelley Lefko and different people who uh, work with work with folks to either as a life coach or a counselor, psychotherapist. When you mm-hmm. ask them what the problem is, they are generally way off from what is really causing the problem. So can humbug thoughts, can they hide? So we're we're not consciously we're consciously unaware of them. We don't know why we're suddenly wanting to eat more all of a sudden. We don't know why we're suddenly having trouble getting out of bed. We don't know why we're suddenly wanting to drink more alcohol. We don't even know why. We just feel this impulse to do it. Can these thoughts hide from us? Absolutely. I think that's a great point and also discussed in the book that uh, the thing that separates humbug to happiness, breaking the chains of the past from those books uh, related to positive thinking and uh, being in the present moment, I'm of the firm belief that first and foremost for anyone to truly be successful in change, they have to dig into the core belief structure that they have, as you indicated, that oftentimes uh, is in a cachet or an unconscious layer of thought. And what happens is in any present situation, um, those, those hidden messages kind of begin to percolate up into our present situation. And we, in a very unconscious way, connect the messages that are the humbug messages. And then, as you said, we may not understand why I'm eating more, why I'm choosing to uh, drink away what this discomfort I have, or maybe just staying in bed and not dealing with anything. So humbug to happiness really guides its readers in digging into, as what I call it, and is a very familiar term, we get into that inner child within to discover what that wound is uh, so we can move forward. Okay. How, and how long this process, you know, uh, my, my major in college was psychology, and they say that mm-hmm. psych, psychotherapy generally works for one to two years, and then you're right back to where you started. So some people, some people go through it. Some people don't want to. They some people are afraid of their unconscious. They're afraid of what's there. They don't want to see it. They're scared of what might be there. How long of a process does it take working with that inner child, and does that work stick? It's a very good question. What I share in my book and even in my therapy with individuals, uh, my message is this. Change can happen now. Beginning this Mm. moment at this time, you breathe in, you breathe in change, and you exhale the past. Today is a new day. It's a rebirth. It's a renewal of a commitment you make to moving forward in the glory, in the ability to manifest your true purpose and gift. Starting today. Now, you, you hit something that was really important Uh, in this process, as much as I believe that people at this moment in time 
that are even listening that may have struggled with things. Today can be the day of renewal and change. The commitment, as I say in my book, there has to be on a daily basis an investment of unwavering faith in the process. Now, part of our truth, we have to look at ourselves and honestly say, what am I getting out of being stuck here? Because as I indicate in my book, some people will choose, as, as you probably know, having your psychology background, some people choose to stay stuck because they're getting some secondary gain, right? So if I continue to play the victim or continue to participate and invest in the message that I am not worthy or people abandon me and reject me, then my secondary gain mean, may mean that people uh, are very sensitive and walk very lightly around ah. me. Uh, they, you, so we're getting, we're getting that secondary gain that says, oh, stay here because I'm getting what I need. That unfortunately uh, you know what? doesn't allow us to reach our full potential. Yes, yes. And you know what? See, and I'm going back to the, the, my book is a novel. Your book is nonfiction. But once again, how we influence each other. And there was a term that came out maybe in the 70s, you're an enabler. Now, before yes. you heard you're an enabler, before that came out, and I don't know how long psychology took to, to see, whoa, this person's actually got a role in the addiction to keep it going. And it, there yeah. must have been a, I don't know if that was like an eye-opening shock, but before that it was, you're a victim. You're a victim, poor you. Look what you're having to deal with. You're actually giving the person some of the reward or a reason not to change, and you're, you're actually a part of the problem. And most people who are the enablers would never, ever see themselves that way. But it's like you're actually helping to keep it, to keep it going, and again, that's a new thing I I heard that some some of us don't want to let old things go because we're getting a reward out of it. That, Absolutely, David. I, I could go on and on. It's 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 a part of the internal mind conflict, the split mind, that devil on one shoulder, the angel on the other. Which one are you <laughs> going to let have its way? It's like, exactly, which one are you going to let exactly. have its way? Can you give uh, just two two examples? Because some people they're hearing us talk, they're hearing these terms, they may not be fully getting getting it. Can you give just two examples of a humbug thought? like a pattern of a humbug thought at work. Absolutely. And actually, I'm going to cover two that I bring up in the book. Uh, this is a perfect time of year, as you indicated uh, at the start of the, the call, that I want people, if you've not seen The Christmas Carol uh, by Charles Dickens uh, on TV or have read it, you know, we have a young a young boy who is – Ebenezer Scrooge, who is to a private school by his father because his mother died at his childbirth. Now, what we learn in the movie, The Christmas Carol, is that Ebenezer's bah humbug uh, attitude actually stems from his early child experience, where he is isolated from his family, and he believes his father holds a grudge 
because of the loss of his wife at his birth. Uh, an example, I think, for many, again, is the example I gave uh, just recently of the young man who sat in group and shared that his parents shared with him that he was not an expected uh, birth, uh, that he wasn't wanted. So this young man sits in the thought, similar to Ebenezer, that he is unloved, undeserving, and what creates a message or behavior in his life is the sense that people he cares about rejects him. Um, and in that message, he then now lives that out in all his relationships. He'll push people away, he'll, and as he fulfills that self-fulfilling prophecy of being rejected by people he loves, he numbs his feelings by drinking and drugging, so he doesn't. So he can escape that message. Um, other messages might be, um, "I'm not intelligent enough. I'm not smart enough." Um, I'll share a personal example uh, of my life. My parents were told, and I only overheard this through the closing of a door of my mother and father's bedroom, where my mother. Uh, I overheard my mother sharing that the principal of the high school shared with her that they should not expect more than high school from me, that, that mm. I would not be able to, or I didn't have the ability to go beyond uh, graduating from high school. Now that message was heard from me. My parents never said that to me face to face, but again, as I shared earlier, my demons that prevented me from writing this book, book earlier was that message of, well, I, maybe I'm not smart enough. Who do I think I am that I have something to say? So years went by, wow. decades went by, uh, and that demon of that message held me back from fulfilling my purpose uh, until I began to work on understanding I am that gift. I do have something to offer the world I live in. Wow. You know, David, the example I shared also earlier, that one that you shared, and thank you for working through that. So now you're blessing others in your daily work here on the show through your book, Humbug to Happiness. Um, one, like a, a parent looking at a child one time with a frown can just create a belief. It, it's amazing. That's why we have to do this daily mm -hmm. work, as you, you said. It's not like you go into therapy, you think the therapist is a magician, you got to do that work. That's your life. You have to own it. You you, you have to do it every day work because those humbug thoughts are still, they'll be trying to, they'll be knocking on the door. <laughs> they'll be knocking Absolutely. on the door. Even <laughs> do that work saying, let me back in, let me back in. That's, how many years, absolutely. David, were you, how many years were you counseling before you sat down to write Humbug to Happiness? Well, I have to say, and I have to also, again, just share how blessed I've been in my life. I actually started right out of uh, my bachelor's work in psychology. Uh, the first experience I had was a fifth grade teacher, and the experience with those students uh, was simply amazing. Uh, and I learned a great deal at that moment, the impact, as you said, uh, the messages of a family and a parent to their child. Um, and then went to working in emergency home-based crisis work. Again, 
dealing with adolescence and trauma and crisis. And again, the message loud and clear that uh, the dynamic, the family system plays in uh, oftentimes some very damaging uh, messages that as, again, as a child, as an early adolescent, we absorb in. And we actually keep those uh, throughout our life unless we truly take time to tackle them. Um, and then, again, working in mental, ho- mental health hospitals and addiction programs, uh, that has been kind of an ongoing uh, work for me that really, again, from my, from my faith, my higher power, uh, has blessed me to meet these amazing individuals who had the opportunity to just grow in the gift that they are. Wow. You know, I have to thank you for your work and the people out here who and we see it's needed. We oh my goodness, we see it's needed. How do you use Myers Briggs, the personality profiles, to look to develop treatment plans? Well, um, typically, Myers-Briggs will certainly, as you know, will indicate personality types uh, and things of that nature. My primary work goes into cognitive behavior, uh, rationally emotive behavior therapy, where I dig into that inner child and going into the family of origin uh, to get a better picture of who they are, because that really speaks the truth of their history and where their thinking uh, may be stuck. Um, But I certainly use different tools to assess, you know, how I might work better with an individual uh, using Myers-Briggs and other other tools that are available. Um, But my strongest uh, source is to do just a family systems, uh, a genogram, uh, to gather that history, because typically, as I'm sure you know, that uh, most of the time, these behaviors are cyclic in a family. They're generational. Um, they will pass through, like we've talked about before, in a very unconscious way uh, to many other family members. So my, my strongest uh, force in this work has always been getting into that family genogram, family history, uh, to uncover those secrets and those messages that keep people stuck. Are there any signs, David, that a person can see in their life that they're either ready for therapy or that they they need to deal with some hidden childhood issue? Are there like two or three signs you can share that you you said that there's a there's a belief or a thought that's it's getting you stuck. All you're doing is going back ten steps, and when you go forward ten mm-hmm. steps, you swear you're pro- progressing. But after so, so many years, you realize you're still in the same spot. Are there any signs that um, a person can look for to say, you know what? Maybe let me contact a David Gibbs or somebody like him to help me move forward. That's an excellent question. I think one of the things that I would just say, and I list them in my in the book, Humbug to Happiness, is ask yourself, as we indicated earlier, is what I'm doing 
serving me and helping me rise up to be the best person I can be. So why am I eating more than I would normally eat right now? Mm. Why am I maybe why am I staying at work longer than I need to stay at work? Uh, why do I seem to get in the same type of relationships over and over again, uh, expecting mm. a different result? Uh, so those those would be the areas that someone can begin to look into or maybe asking the question, why do I put other people's needs before mine? Ah. So, because then we're talking you about know issues what, of codependency. Oh, my goodness. That's a big one for a lot of women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Well, oh, why, Molly? I, yes. You know, and I, you hit something uh, that's really important, and I'll just add this, that certainly what the book covers and we've talked about is oftentimes, sometimes it's the culture we live in that sends uh, messages to us that are what I call is our sensory suit. Uh, we wear a sensory suit that absorbs everything around us, every experience that we have, our body, our brain is absorbing in, is making a connection to some type of message that we either invest in or we reject. So when I talk about the sensory suit, it is our flesh, it is our eyes, it's our ears, it's our sense of touch, our sense of smell, uh, taste, all of those things are part of that sensory suit and from the moment of our birth we begin to absorb messages in the simple message of security with a mother and a child. The attachment, it begin, it's such an amazing process. And that's why I love this work so much. It is understanding that at the very moment of our conception and to our birth, we begin to absorb messages uh, that will participate in our life for the rest of our life uh, until we examine them uh, to assess whether they're good or bad. Wow, David. I got to tell you, I think I'm going to go out and get your book. The way you the, the way you are, are speaking, and we've had other guests on here who've dealt with similar topics, not that many, um, I can tell you know what you're talking about. Now, what, what is the ROPES, what is the R-O-P-E-F, what does ROPES stand for, and what is that program? Well, the ROPES program is related to my certification of being a low to medium ROPES course facilitator, and it really uses experiential activities to um, tap into some of those thoughts uh, to begin empowering individuals. So it is uh, actually activities. It's recovering our past um, through our experiences uh, through the ropes course. So it's talking about uh, the interaction that people have in the process, like what made you uh, feel that you couldn't speak up? You know, what are the messages going on for you that says, okay, I didn't agree with what was being said, but I didn't say anything. So it's using uh, experiences through low to medium ropes course activities to um, investigate further people's thought process. Okay. What help exists? Uh, I, I volunteered uh, when I worked at a financial services firm 
uh, with an organization. We helped create book bags and different things for kids who were in, um, like, the social care. Uh, they were getting support. And it was really heartbreaking, very heartbreaking, to see the the, the home life of some children. Right hmm. even now, even now, it's awful for some kids in this country. I mean, un, unspeakably awful. And it's just hidden, so nobody even thinks it, it goes on. But is there any hmm. help? You know, I never know who's listening to our show. Is there any, any help for young children of parents who either have mental illness or dealing with an addiction? Or they're, they're abusive. Is there, other than telling a teacher, and hopefully a teacher is intelligent enough to, to handle it in a way that the child stays safe, what help exists for young children who are in, in these abusive situations? Well, you you touched on something that I would love to share. My story is that there was this amazing woman in my life in grade school who noticed that although I smiled on a daily basis, I had sadness within. So I would strongly encourage anyone that is listening here, that is a teacher, that is a mentor, a mother, an aunt, an uncle, a father, grandparent, anyone who's listening, to recognize uh, that children most of the time will be aligned with their family. We hear messages oftentimes like, don't share what's going on in this house with anybody, or no one needs to know what's going on here. Blood is thicker than water. So that creates an alliance of unhealthy uh, thinking and keeping the secret. So I guess what I would say is, for everyone to pay attention to that child that may look like they're smiling and is maybe the teacher's pet and know that oftentimes there's probably something underneath there and just be open and willing mm-hmm. to listen. But I really believe that, that uh, those that we are all, we are all responsible. It takes a village, as they say, uh, to hear, to see more openly. You know, yeah. it is, it is, you know, as the Bible Are there says, any numbers, know, though, that, that a child, I, I read this book years ago called A Child Called It, and that book was, oh, my God, oh, it's traumatic. I just thought, oh, my God, which, oh, just awful. Is there any, now, he was a school teacher who helped him because they had uh, social workers that would come by, and his mother would put on this just everything perfect act until the social workers left. I actually just saw a show on T V where these this this man was starving his kids, his wife was abusing them. The social worker came in and the mother said she wasn't too she obviously wasn't too sharp. She asked the kids in a group mm-hmm. setting, Oh, is it okay? They of course they all gonna say they're fine and she checked around and then walked out the door. The lady ended up leaving a message with a lady at the post office and that's how they got help. But um, mm-hmm. are there any numbers, any numbers that a child could call a one eight hundred number, and they'd be safe? They they could call and they'd be Uh-oh. safe if they don't go to a school teacher. Well, I think there is always well, at least in like Florida area here, there is the number uh, or the organization called four one one that lists lists all the different uh, community agencies available to individuals. And I know each community has some form of community mental health 
uh, assistance, uh, certainly suicide prevention, um, abuse line, 1-800-ABUSE, uh, um, those type of things are available uniquely to each state, um, but certainly accessible to children and anyone else who needs to get some form of service. Okay. Can you tell us what are some of the specific items, because this show is blowing past so quickly. We have less than we have about 12 minutes left, and I've only got about halfway through the questions I was going to ask you. But can you share some specific items, some specific topics, issues that you cover in Humbug to Happiness, Breaking the Chains of the Past? Absolutely. As discussed uh, earlier, I do talk about uh, inner child work. Uh, I use movies uh, to help the reader uh, kind of have a, a more pleasurable experience in addressing some of these concerns. Uh, the first chapter is called Groundhog Day. I actually use the movie Groundhog Day to help people understand how we get caught up in a loop of destructive thought patterns. Uh, and until we have an awakening to that destructive pattern, uh, we will continue to cycle into that loop, unfortunately, uh, until the end of our time. I also use wow. The Wizard of Oz uh, as an explanation of, you know, we have characters in The Wizard of Oz who are constantly saying, if I only had a, the, the Tin Man is looking for a heart, yes. Scarecrow is yep. looking for a brain, the Lion is looking for courage. When in reality, uh, the story in Humbug to Happiness shares that in the end, what we discover in The Wizard of Oz is that each of our characters, Dorothy, the Tin Man, the, the Scarecrow, and the Lion, both had, all of them had those things that they were searching for. They simply were blinded by those fierce monkeys that were flying above them and the Wicked Witch. They allowed, they allowed the distraction of those negative things to minimize their value and the gift that they already possessed. We have to remember mm. in The Wizard of Oz, Dorothy is told right at the end, you had a yes. way to get home all along. And that is my motivation in the work that I do with my clients is let them know that we all have our truth within us. There, that was the design of who we are, and we have the answer, and we just simply have to stop, reassess what's happening, what we've invested in, and remember that our value and worth has always been there. It's just you know like what? Dorothy, a click a shoe, click a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I'm going to jump in, uh, and I want you to finish talking about sure. the other topics but this just came up, and this was a question I wanted to ask you when you're talking about Dorothy, and you always, you know, the Bible says the kingdom of heaven is within you. It doesn't say it's outside of you. Yes. What, what, yes. If, what if someone, what if someone, they've gotten in this recurring type loop going back to Groundhog Day, and I've certainly had times in my life when I felt like, goodness mm. gracious, <laughs> I'm in Groundhog Day. What, what if someone has stopped trusting her or himself? They've, they've gotten in this loop, 
They've they've they they they've gone into four or five. Some people get married eight, nine, ten times, and every mm, time they mm. meet someone, they swear this one is the right one. The problem with my last relationship was that other guy, that other woman, mm-hmm. and then the, at, at that same spot, you talk about the recurring time loop. At that same fifth or sixth year, they're now thinking about getting a divorce again. It, it's just the and they don't. It takes them. Like you said, some people don't ever realize they're they're in Groundhog Day. So yes. some of them, some do, some don't. But it could cause a person to stop trusting their higher self. They're like, I just keep mm. getting tricked. I don't trust myself. How can somebody who has stopped trusting themselves, how can they get on the road to a more balanced, healthier life? When you consider, David, they stop trusting their own inner guidance. I think one of the first things that I do uh, for individuals, and I'll give you an example, this happened just a couple of days ago to a number of the members of the group that I was doing, uh, and that was first and foremost stopping the negative thoughts. Again, that is a technique in CBT. It's called thought stopping. And we have to begin using affirmations. We have to begin telling ourselves that I am capable. I am deserving. I am a miracle. I am deserving of all good things that this, this world has to offer to me. I am deserving. But most importantly, the message that I share with individuals is that there is nothing outside of us that's the problem. It is within us that we must yes. go in. Even the, even the program of recovery says this, our alcohol or liquor was but a symptom. We must get to the cause and conditions to have a psychic change, to change our life. All other decisions that we've made will pale unless we do these things. And that really, in the end, is the key for all of us as we want to rise up to be the the gift that we're meant to be in this world. We need to challenge ourselves to rise up when I see myself getting in the same type of relationships over and over and again, it isn't the other person. I have to take accountability and say, wow, this is me. And what's happening with me. Most of the time I would say when I see individuals in that type of scenario, it usually is that sense of not feeling lovable. So maybe a period of time goes by but eventually that sense of, ooh, could somebody really, could things be going this well for me? Am I really deserving of love? So people begin to push those people they love away to fulfill that core message that says, you're not deserving, you're not lovable, you're not wanted. You know what, we we have got to get to this work. We have got to get to this inner work and stop being, stop being afraid I had a I had a, a friend, and I said I said look I can't I can't do the work for you. Uh, she would always tell me about these new problems she was having. It was starting to bring me down. So all mm. of starting to let it bring me down. But I told her I said why don't you go talk to a professional? And she said I'm scared of what I'll find. And I think that's what keeps a lot of people that they're, they're afraid there's something so bad in them they don't want to see it. Yeah, you better go. <laughs> and, and you know what? At the end of the, when you finish that journey, you're all you're going to find is how beautiful you really are. 
That's Amen. what you're really going to find at the end. At the end of it, you're going to find how amazing and beautiful you are. But yeah, you do have to wade through the weeds. Can you tell us, David? We got five minutes to go. Can you share three to four steps that can bless our off-the-shelf listeners? Three to four things they can do easily every day to help themselves. Stay mentally strong before you answer. Just a note to our listeners, if you do think you need help, I encourage you to go get help, whether you contact David or he may lead you to someone else because he can't help everybody all over the globe, But or you call another number and, and get some help through, through a counselor, maybe your insurance carrier, whether we've gotten help, we're not to the point where we need professional help, over seeking that. We still have to do things every day to stay healthy because those humbug thoughts are going to start, they're going to keep trying to get back in. So can you share three or four steps that we can take, David, to stay mentally strong? Absolutely. I'd love to. Uh, As the book uh, shares with its readers, the first thing that we always have to be cognizant of, aware of, is our thoughts. What's happening in our thoughts? Check yourself at any given time. Where are your thoughts? And always, always put those thoughts in a place where it deserves you, that it demands greatness of you uh, to help you rise up to be the miracle that you are. Secondly, uh, a simple thing maybe that you can do at home with if you have children uh, and for yourself is do an affirmation fishbowl. Put some affirmations in a bowl and pick one out every day that you can read to yourself uh, and carry it with you and continue to read that affirmation the entire day and every day pick a new affirmation. I would also thirdly say that what's really important is physical exercise. Be aware of Mm. how you're taking care of the vessel that is you. Your vessel is an important uh, component to rising up, raising the bar to be the best individual that you can be. What are you, what are you putting into the vessel? Take a look at your diet. Be sure that you're putting those things in your body that represent your commitment to rise up and to be the best person you can be. Um, all of those things, take some time to meditate. Even if it's five minutes, take some time to do some slow breathing And it's really easy. Just breathe in peace and exhale chaos. Breathe in courage. Exhale fear. Uh, And just actively do these things on a daily basis, as as you and I have talked about throughout this uh, session, that it is an investment that we must make on a daily basis, not just on the weekends, not just a couple times a week, but it is about daily investment in the value of the renewal, the new beginning that we truly want to have. Uh, And in the end, the most significant thing is to remember this. We can certainly continue to do the same thing that we've been doing, but the message of the program is if nothing changes, nothing changes. Yes. Yes, and David, I thank you so much for what you've shared oh, tremendously. Another tip I would advise to people, the meditating, the positive affirmations, 
the exercise, you know, watching your diet, which I thank you, David, again for sharing. Get out in some natural sunlight every day. If you oh, can yeah. get out uninterruptedly, that vitamin D is good. If you can get out uh, at least 45 minutes to an hour, people who deal with seasonal affective disorder, they know how mm. important that sunlight is. Some people use a, a full-spectrum lamp during the uh, fall and winter months. But get out, get outdoors. Uh, take a walk, bike riding, just sitting on the porch, reading a book. Um, you can read David's book while you're sitting on the porch and bless yourself and, and soak it up some <laughs> vitamin D. You know, you want to use sunscreen when it's when it's warm out, but uh, just get outside at least 45 minutes to an hour a day. And don't talk yourself out of doing it. Talk yourself into doing it. So um, mm, uh, can you tell us really quickly, where can off-the-shelf listeners get a copy of Humbug? to happiness, breaking the chains of the past? They can go to Amazon.com. If they go to my website, uh, HumbugToHappiness.com, they will be linked in to create space, uh, and I can give them a discount code uh, to get the book uh, right now for $5.98. So there's some really good uh, opportunities here to share a book, to keep the book, uh, to begin the renewal process today. Okay, and if you're on any social networks, can you quickly tell us where uh, off-the-shelf listeners can find you on social media? Uh, I am uh, at Humbug to Happiness uh, in all of the social medias, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and uh, Instagram. Okay, thank you so much. Humbug we, we have been... We have been blessed and honored to have David Gibbs. He is a licensed clinical counselor. I had a lot more questions I wanted to ask him to our off-the-shelf listeners, but this hour always goes so quickly. He has over <laughs> 20 years of counseling experience. He, Some of his specialties, he helps people to recover from mental health and addiction illnesses. I know I'm going to get a copy of his, of his book. Um, he's also the, the author of what we were talking about today, Humbug to Happiness, Breaking the Chains of the Past. You can visit David online at humbugtohappiness.com, and that's H-U-M, M as in mother, H-U-M-B-U-G-T-O-H-A-P-P-I-N-E-S-S.com, humbugtohappiness.com. And we thank David again for what he shared. If you came in midway through the show or at the end, no worries. After the show finishes streaming, you can go back and listen to it as many times as you like and share it in its entirety through the archives. I encourage you to come back next Saturday. We will bring you another awesome guest here on Off the Shelf. Bookmark Off the Shelf. Set it on your calendar Saturday mornings, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or New York City time. Thank you to David. I want to say happy Thanksgiving to everyone. (laughs) Happy Thanksgiving for those of you who celebrate uh, uh, Thanksgiving. Happy, happy, blessed Thanksgiving to you. As I always tell you, and hopefully through this work that David shares and others, uh, you get to to really, really realize this. Don't be afraid of yourself. All you're going to do is push through the lies. They're just lies. And when you get to the truth, you're going to just see all you are is an amazing, beautiful, awesome, (laughs) limitless being that was created by love. So go out and create Mm. a fabulous day for yourself. Bye for now, and David, I'll shoot you an email. Thank you very much.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.